Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Grape Nut Podcast. Uh, my name is John, and I'm here with my dear friend, Grant. Yellow. Um, Grant, in a quick few sentences, could you describe what the heck a grape nut is and why we're doing a podcast on it? Um, this is a podcast of random passions inspired by John Piper, this random dude, John Piper's strange yet delightful rant about his favorite cereal. Yeah, it's uh, the cereal that brings him home, beckons him home in the morning and um, makes him want to go to bed earlier so he can get to the morning and eat a bowl of grape nuts. Um, and each one of us has one of those weird quirks that once you get us talking about it, um, people are like, whoa, you're like super passionate about this random thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we are here to listen to people talk about those random things. In particular, we have a dear friend of ours as a guest. Uh, his name is Anthony. Hey, Anthony. Hello. <laughs> um, Grant, did you have a, a grape nut that you, having known Anthony for a little bit and mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. having heard him talk about random, exciting things he's passionate about, um, you got anything in mind? Yeah, I feel like, Anthony, you're just uh, full of random stuff that I just like listening to you talk about. But I think one of the... <laughs> we were playing video games late at night, and then we were over at, I think, your place, and you started talking about Star Wars. I think a lot of people really enjoy Star Wars, but then I feel like then there's a, like next-level analyzing and cr critics of the show. And so yeah. I think whereas many people can be a fan... I think I enjoy, and like me, I'm a fan, but I enjoyed hearing you uh, kind of take it to the next level. So Star Wars, man, what you got? Yeah, so um, I, let me see, going back to probably middle school, uh, got involved in, obviously the movies growing up was huge. I remember we used to, I used to have a drive through that uh, was in our backyard. Well, not in our backyard, but right behind our backyard. And that was like the first time we watched episode one, I think. Um, Wait, drive-through movie thing? or what was Yeah, drive-through movie theater. Oh, old um, school. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, growing up, you have, there's some aspect of nostalgia, but you like, you know, it's, it's, uh, was just probably, probably one of the most interesting um, trilogies the uh loved the old ones growing up just watched them all the time now if i can and, jump in sure real quick i was raised off of what's known now as one two three but you're saying even from a um, young age you watched four five six mm -hmm. got it oh yeah hmm. okay yeah watched all of them and, and that was because i was kind of involved with a group of friends who were really also really into star wars at that time and uh so on top of that, you know, watching the movies, I would read the books. There's a lot of different books that were, you know, started probably in the early 90s um, up until kind of the whole sequel trilogy happened. And yeah, I think um, the one of the one of my favorite trilogy or trilogy of books uh, from it was created in like 1990 by uh, Timothy Zahn. And it's it's it was it would have been uh, the series that people thought they could make the the, the sequel movies off of because it's a mm. trilogy that takes place like eight years after episode six. So yeah, read the books, um, was really into it, um, and uh, you know, leading up to uh, the Force Awakens, 
I was obviously 10, 15 years older and a little more cautious, you know, uh, high expectations um, were there. And I remember sitting in the theater and I was like, all right, this is going to happen. Like, this could be uh, like the next best trilogy. That's obviously the prequels didn't have, there wasn't much that, wasn't too hard of a or too too low of a bar to you know or too high of a bar i'd say to jump over for to make it better than the prequels so hold on anthony so um real quick so when you said the drive-in theater and you're saying the first episode that you watched there was that a new hope or was that phantom menace that was phantom menace that was phantom menace okay yeah so was that the first exposure you had to star wars that wasn't the first but that was very early on uh, I've already okay. watched all the old trilogies by then. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then that was that was big. <laughs> the Phantom Menace was big. Yes, oh, that was huge. Uh, what part of it? I'm just curious. Everyone has like, like the thing in Star Wars that they like fixate on. Like you know, some people it's lightsaber duels, and other people it's like the uh, Han Solo's like well, crazy cowboy style. You know, that's actually a great point, and actually that's what I'm going to be leading into when it comes to my thoughts on star wars because you know back then obviously as you're a kid you're like wow this is like jedi's flipping oh my god that was like the next (laughs) best thing was he had darth maul and you kind of side like you you just kind of ignore the well as a kid you don't really think about plot and and character development and you know you're just you're seeing lasers and you're seeing lightsabers and you're like this is the the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life you know (laughs) you're seeing Uh, jar jar binks (laughs) see jar jar binks you love jar jar binks and then till you, you grow up um so yeah yeah it's uh for me yeah at that time period it was lightsabers lasers um this is great and uh you know fast forward now to the, the new movies i was a little more interested in uh the, i was hoping my initial hope was for them to move into a direction where something different. The main thing that I didn't want them to do was to rehash the uh, same, you know, empire rebellion story. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. And, and, you know, realistically, I, I realized that they, they kind of had to do that because otherwise you would kind of alienate, alienate a whole fan base because, you know, if it's, if it doesn't feel like Star Wars, right? Like, well, you know, why would you want to go watch it? Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, it comes, it comes back to, I think all this comes back to what is a Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, what is, what makes it Star Wars? And so this is something that I'll ask you guys. Oh, is, oh. <laughs> of, of the new sequel movies. So you have seven, eight, nine, uh, you have Rogue One and you have, uh, a solo, solo, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, of those movies, which one is your favorite? Now, are you not including Mandalorian here, or is that another so separate I, discussion? You know, ah. I I am going to leave Mandalorian out. Of this oh, okay. I'm I'm looking at this from a from a, a movie perspective. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. What is what is your favorite, and and why would why would you say it's your favorite? <sighs> I found uh, nine to be actually. <laughs> Maybe it's because I watched it most recently and that's why it's most memorable. But I felt like there was some, like the the plot came front and center. I really 
the brother sister or like romantic like enemy friend kind of conflict between uh ray and um kylo Ren. kylo thank you uh i thought it was pretty intriguing um hmm. so, so for you it was the you like the plot and yes. you like the conflict mm-hmm. so it was more tied to the characters and their as they progressed yeah anthony i think like just kind of zoom out in your question of like which of like seven eight nine and like the new generation was my favorite i'd have to zoom out and say like what i believe star wars to be and my expectations coming into seven eight nine um and you were hinting at that but yeah like i think like a new hope to return of the jedi uh four five six were were solid and those were good movies i really enjoyed them but i gotta say like I was most shaped and formed by one, two, three, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. Reach it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you say lightsabers and lasers, like, bro, that's all I need. (laughs) You you give me that and I am in hook, line and sinker. I'm buying the ticket and I'm sitting there and I'm going to watch some lightsaber duels go down. I'm going to watch some force lightning happen and Mm -hmm. some maybe force choking or pushing like almost like a, maybe lame as it sounds like a marvel movie kind of where you're just like i'm ready to see good meeting evil in an epic battle of proportions (laughs) like so um that being said revenge of the sith was like probably my favorite movie not even just of star wars but like growing up like i just loved revenge of the sith because basically it was like my dream come true of like basically like five different lightsaber fights and like happening between Mace Windu and Ch- Chancellor Palpatine or between Anakin and Obi-Wan or Yoda and Darth Sidious like you know it was all just like bro this is this is why I came to the movie <laughs> and they're answering all my hopes um dude seven like ticked me off like when I went to the movie theater and I, I watched it with my dad and I came out the first thing I did was like called my brother and just <laughs> ranted about how pissed I was because like you said, Anthony, like I wanted something new, a little like something different, wanted to see where the producers would take it, um, how they would like wow us. But I felt like it was just a, a carbon copy of A New Hope. Um, so that like, that was infuriating for me. Um, I liked Eight, uh, The Last Jedi, because it was like really strange and like original. It felt like Ryan Johnson was just like doing random weird things and I kind of liked it because it just, it was unexpected. Um, and that actually points back to like Rogue One. I really liked Rogue One because again, the ending was like, you knew what was coming in the ending, but like it wasn't the same like campy, happy ending that Star Wars, Star Wars usually has, you know? There was like, you could feel the cost and the weight of like how, what happened at the end of Rogue One. I don't want to spoil it. But at this point, I feel like spoilers are good. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> we can we can preface uh, this episode or yeah, this Grave Net episode by saying like tons of spoilers. But dude, yeah, everyone dying in Rogue One, <laughs> that, like that rocked me for sure, and I I really appreciated um, like seeing Star Wars like sacrifice in the Star Wars universe. Um, and then yeah, Episode Nine, that was cool. Like I think it had great action. Um, the plot was just like, I knew they were trying to salvage what had happened in episode eight, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now I'll 
put that question back on you, Anthony. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's interesting, right? Because because <laughs> from from your from yours, and this is one I hear the most is like, I like the like Rogue One is typically people's favorite. Um, mm. they, they will say like, I love the, um, you know, oh my God, did you see the X-wing one shot the AT-AT and it's got all the cool, it's got all the cool <laughs> ships, it's got all the cool fights. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about it being you know darker, grittier. Um, that's the one I typically hear. I will charge you though. Can do? Can you remember any character's name from Rogue One? Oh, bro, you can't do that to me. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so, so to me, that's funny because that's typically what also what I get is that people um, have a hard time. I mean, it's like I so the 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 movie was was more about the um, Star Wars was was more about the ships and the uh you know lightsabers and the the lasers and things like that and so Mm. from my perspective and uh i know i'm right uh, (laughs) is what makes a good star wars movie is the um looking back at the original trilogy and it being a you know story of hope and characters that were very memorable Mm. everyone is Han Solo, knows Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Leia. Um, and it not being like a super dark, uh, mm. you know, like can, can you imagine if like A New Hope was just like a gritty like war <laughs> film? Like, no, no one would watch that, you know? Mm. <clears throat> so for me, that's, that's something that I thought about and that's what I was thinking of, which is where looking back on it on Force Awakens, I actually started to appreciate it a little bit more. Now, obviously, it's a it's a rehash of a lot of things, and I understand why they had to do it. Um, like you know, Disney Overlord Disney can't let <laughs> this new franchise uh, not turn out well. Mm. And unfortunately, I feel like they've done a bad job. And I, I put a hundred percent of blame on Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> she oh, if you don't know, she is the president of Lucasfilms. Hmm. and she's whenever you see all the star wars uh you know uh festivals uh like the big you know media stuff she's always there and she's the producer and things like that Hmm. um it's it's just quite clear they had no plan when they started (laughs) on this thing in comparison to marvel and kevin feig who who has has a very well thought out you know, Marvel universe and things like that. So, uh, but in any case, um, for me, it was when it, when it came to Rogue One and stuff like that, I, I enjoyed it. And I think my, my child nostalgic side of Star Wars loving came out in that, oh my God, it's like, so it, I mean, I, I'll be honest, it's cool seeing Star Destroyers and X-Wings and 1880s. It's amazing. Mm. Um, but you know, after I was, I was, you know, reading some more and, and watching some people talk about the movie. And I realized like, like if, like, would that movie even stand out on its own? Hmm. Hmm. You mean like, like because, if there would, never was any other Star Wars film ever? Right. You know, wow. it's, it was kind of like, well, people are like, oh, it's so cool. It ties in like episode four. And it's like, and then I'm like, well, but if you look at that story from a plot perspective, hmm. as a standalone movie, and they, all the characters die. 
Like what? Like what movie? <laughs> like just all the characters die. It's like what was the point of the movie? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's that was kind of what informed me, and that's why I love asking people about Star Wars. And so that's where it's now it's been changing. So I think my argument stands pretty well. Uh, if you're looking at seven, eight, nine, Rogue One, uh, Solo. Now the Mandalorian comes along. Hmm. And initially I was like, oh, I'm going to judge this one so hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be another one of those like fan, you know, fan, uh, what do you call it? Um, fan fiction? Fan service. Oh. Like a fan service Star Wars, you know. But then it's like really well made. Um, not a lot of dialogue. Um, and it has a lot of that kind of Western swashbuckling feel from the original movies, mm. uh, which is actually what George Lucas kind of drew inspiration from that a lot of people don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, after watching it, I was like, that, that actually, from a creative perspective, uh, it's, it's, it's new. It ties, it still has, you know, a lot of callbacks, like the armor is uh, iconic, right? The, the Mandalorian armor is iconic. The, you know, it has stormtroopers in it and things like that. Um, but it still stands out by itself very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, like seeing that, it's like, well, okay. Like there's hope for this franchise, but I, I'm still really concerned that they are going to keep going down that path of wanting to appeal to that side of the fans, which is, you know, Empire, TIE Fighters, lightsabers, things like that. And it's eventually going to wear out. Uh, there's, a, there's a YouTube group um, of people who watch films uh, called Red Letter Media. And, you know, people, if they know that, they'll probably think I'm just rehashing all their ideas. Uh, but... Uh, one thing that they pointed out that was really interesting was uh, the question of is like, is Star Wars universe is it like, creatively bankrupt? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's super. Like, can, can you, like, like, if you just made a movie, like a Star Wars movie, and you, um, you know, didn't have stormtroopers, didn't have Empire, Rebellion, didn't even have lightsabers, that'd be crazy, you know, if you didn't mm-hmm. have a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, would anyone actually watch that? Like, what would even make it a Star Wars movie, you know? Like, if you just said it was, like, took place in Star Wars. Mm, Right. Um, And so that's why, for for me, I think they need to go back to that kind of that original trilogy experience where they focused on the characters and they had that underlying, like, adventure hope mechanism which they, they, they do replicate pretty well in, in some of the, the sequel movies. Um, but I think they need to get back to that core. Mm-hmm. And they, they need to take a break and, and, and think about, plan out something a little bit better than they have in the past. And to be honest, I think they're starting to do that. But so, I, I think they need to do it more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a, for me, it's like a hard spot now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I know they can't ever get out of this. So then... You know how, and I think Disney is now wondering the same question. They're sitting there like, wait, wait, okay, so box office is going down, um, and we keep making them, 
but you know like people so like they, they thought so this is probably you know i'm just taking being a producer here <laughs> they're uh you know they're like well okay wait wait a minute um the, how do we people love it when we tie it back to the original like nods and things like that okay well uh let's take um you know han solo he was a cool character everyone liked him what's maybe his backstory like let's let's build a whole movie flesh out his backstory and then you realize like when you watch the original movie like you don't care you don't need to know the backstory right he's just he's like a rogue he's like a smuggler Mm-hmm. and his character is amazing and and then it's like well it's like uh, is that the only thing they can pull from that and it's just you know filling in all this historic information that's like not very valuable mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and so i think that's what they turn to mm. outside of the the trilogy and then they they realize that like oh people don't want to go see like you know han solo's backstory so then, they, so then they had to like pull back, hmm. and then I think Mandalorian also came out of maybe it's that discovery things. But in any case, speaking of backstories and in Star Wars, like I know you're saying, like, oh, we don't really want to hear the backstories, but I would submit that uh, people would love to hear the backstory of Jar Jar Binks uh, <laughs> and figure out. And I know there are a lot of conspiracy theories that Jar Jar Binks is behind everything Sith in Star Wars. Yes. I, okay. <laughs> and I would love to see... We can address that. I, I read that book. <laughs> yeah. It was Darth definitely Jar-Jar. legendary. But, uh, um... <laughs> no. No, just no. Everyone hates Jar Jar. Fact. Right. Oh, man. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, just, it's... Yeah. I'm messing. It's funny. Anthony, you're a Star Wars historian. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like having with you knowing the history of Star Wars so well, it's cool hearing you try to figure out what the future will be. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. hopefully maybe if you send in some letters to Kathleen Kennedy and (laughs) let her know that, you know, you've got some ideas in the wing pointing in the right direction, but. No, I don't want to give her ideas. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. Just brutal. You are full of uh, informed yet slightly jaded opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't, would definitely seem a little jaded with it. Yeah. But I appreciate listening to them all. So it's good, bro. So here we go. Here's the. <clears throat> so every episode. I like to throw something at the person who we didn't talk about beforehand. So Anthony, only if you're comfortable, but let's see what you got. Um, one thing that I've loved hearing you talk about is the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Fantasy League. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my God, do I, do I confess and say that I watched that? <laughs> Oh man. Well, you know what? That is honestly a really good topic that I could talk at length on. <laughs> oh boy. The question You're... is, do you guys want to do that? Oh brother. I, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I've enjoyed in the past and I feel like you got to share the love, man. Share it. All right. Oh boy. Um, 
where did it begin? <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain uh, how I got to this point. <laughs> I, I didn't seek this out. This was a aspect of one of my friends in college. Um, she uh, would like the show, would watch it. And uh, for those people who are familiar uh, with the show, they would might also know that <clears throat> there is uh, some fantasy leagues that go on about the show. Uh, for those who may not know what the show is, uh, reality TV um, show about a bachelor or bachelorette wanting to find uh, their true love, their true their uh, their spouse, mm -hmm. and. Um, they uh it's a very um interesting setup where they they have one person who is the bachelor bachelorette and then they invite maybe uh 30 uh well let's say 20 to 30 people mm -hmm. to come and uh, they all meet the person and through uh going on dates uh group dates and just other events they um the bachelor bachelorette will pick the person who goes on to the next uh, uh, next uh, section. Hmm. Um, and so they, uh, those, those, when they vote is they call them rose ceremonies and he gives, he or she gives roses to the people that they pick. So every, it's very episode, dramatic. every episode there's multiple roses for everyone that goes to the next round or how's that work? Yes. Yeah. So there's usually uh, like one, two, up to five people that might leave. Um, hmm. it, it starts off, they cut off a lot of people in the beginning and then it gets less and less at the end. Hmm. Um, so that's the show. Um, and we, uh, I was one day uh, walking down to the basement where one of my uh, roommate's room was and uh, they were watching this show and uh, uh, my friend, she was uh, she was trying to get us to play this game uh, that she had made for the for the show. Mm. Now, um, there there's a, there's a very commercial, very large fantasy leagues for this game, and typically it involves you selecting the people who you think are going to go very far mm. every episode. Uh, so you just select a person, and then if you know if they make it next episode, then you're great. Um, and then the goal is to have the most, uh, at the end, to have selected the most amount of people who won. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a little too simple <laughs> for us. So we decided to kind of make this game on our own where we, we have categories for tropes and things that happen often in the show. What's a trope? Uh, well, a, a trope would be, well, you, you know, just like something that happens like, you know, tropes in movies where it's like, oh, yeah, of course, you're going to go do that and things like that. It's like you a know? recurring theme or a recurring stereotype. Like Recurring, yeah, recurring theme, oh, okay. recurring. Uh, Could you yeah, give an example, Anthony, of a trope in The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Sure. Uh, um, typically, uh, there's an aspect of stealing the person. Like, if they're talking with someone, another person mm. may come and be like, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to steal. Can I steal you? And so, you know, if that person says that, then you get a certain amount of points. Um, or, you know, uh, um, often they go on dates and if they get in a hot tub, uh, you get extra points. If they go on a helicopter ride, you get extra points. Oh. Um, now, do you have to bet? 
do you have to bet on the specific like steel or helicopter or hot tub? You have to specifically hit those or? So yeah, let me, uh, let me go into the complex nature of this. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so in any case, uh, so we have these categories that you score your points. You also have categories that uh, give you negative points. So like if the person leaves the show on their own, um, they get kicked off, you lose points. If they, those are typically the bad ones. Um, so how it works is before the show even starts, um, you, you just look at the profile pictures of all the people who are playing. Hmm. And you select the four people who you think are gonna make it to the end very end um just just based on their their picture and their the little bio which is typically mm. like three questions not a lot to go off of <laughs> hilarious job descriptions typically too um the majority you'll find are uh, real estate people sales people huh. people who have a lot of free time i guess <laughs> they just, you know stop working for a long period of time but there's some really funny ones there's like uh, i've seen a uh, social media participant is their job <laughs> <laughs> or uh you know the funny the, the one that's really common is it says, it says a business owner and then you learn later that their dad owns a business and then <laughs> they really don't even do anything they just like say they're a business owner okay <clears throat> pretty funny um so, so you yeah get these so profiles you look at these profiles right you, you pick four uh, and then you watch the first episode and the first episode is kind of special because obviously it's the first time they meet each other and how they do it is they have this big limo that they roll up the guys, the guy or girl is standing in front. They have this mansion that they use every single time standing out front. And then they have this little big limo that comes up and then they get out. They, uh, and they, Ooh, say hi, say some little flirty, little ooh, risky, and then they go in, and then the next person comes out, and then oh, so on and so forth. But you you look at all this, and then you um, then you pick before it, the scene moves on to where they start talking in a big group. Oh, so you, you pause. The, you pause the four, episode. Yeah, you pause it, and then you pick four people who you're gonna play with that episode, mm. and that's how it works. So every episode you'll have four people that you've chosen. And they're the ones who are going to score you points. Mm -hmm. So then you can, every episode, you can swap one if you want. And then if you lose one, you have to swap it with something else. When can you swap? Mid-episode? Uh, at the end. So oh. after, you can do it for, it has to be in for the next episode. Oh, do you mean uh, for your end target, the target for the last people? So, so you, you would have four people for that episode. Right. At the end of the episode, if you wanted to, you could swap one and then you're then then you'll have those people for the next episode i see got it mm -hmm. so it's yeah. kind of like your team of sorts yeah, it's like your team yeah and how that is different though than your predicted winners in the end those are just kind of locked in from the those start those are locked in and those right. are extra points so yeah got it so the majority of your points are from the people you select for each episode mm. you get bonus points for the people you you picked before the show even started mm. and then we have one other category which is you try to guess who's going to be on the next show and the earlier on that you guess and get it right, then you get more points. What do you mean by the next show? Do you mean they make it to the next round or what do you mean? Uh, so uh, typically how the show operates is um, there's the bachelor. So like the bachelor, it's a person it's a guy. <laughs> and uh, one of those, typically one of the ladies from that group will actually become the bachelorette. 
Oh, I see. Okay, the next, the next season, season or whatever yeah. it is. Got it. <clears throat> so they, uh, um, so then it's a game of trying to figure out who's gonna who's it's gonna be, and there's a lot of indicators that you can use to figure that out. Like what? Uh, well, let's we'll we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> very meta. Uh, but so yeah, so you score more points if like you guess it right and you get it early. Um, then you get a lot of points. Mm. So if you say like after the second episode, oh, it's going to be this person and you get it, then you're like, it's a huge bonus. Mm. Um, so in any case, the game uh, works well because the show is very, uh, there's a lot of patterns that come out of the show. Mm. So um, what's what's been interesting, and, and I will be honest after six years, uh it does uh, get a little old the show gets a little repetitive is it one uh season per year or do you have the bachelor bachelorette there is a there's a bachelor and bachelorette every year got it and then there's the the ultimate trash which is bachelor in paradise but we don't we don't play the game for that (laughs) um but in any case the there's a lot of patterns that you see of people and then okay. actually, when you play the game, it's more fun than watching the show because you're 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 trying to figure out um, who's going to be a certain like who like who's going to act a certain way or say a certain mm. thing. And then you're actually you kind of start becoming more thinking like the producers do. Mm. And then over time period, over like you know having seen it quite a few few times, um, you. Uh, you understand how the producers make the show. Hmm. And then there's, there's little things that you can kind of catch up on that might give you more information down the road. So for instance, <laughs> uh, if you're playing like in the early episodes, um, they will typically will start with like going on a one-on-one date with one person. Then they'll do like a group date with like eight or 10 people. Hmm. And then they'll have like a cocktail night so then they'll meet with every single person and then, then, then they'll do the rose ceremony. That's the traditional setup for the show. Hmm. And the producers are very careful with how they edit certain people because hmm. they don't want to give an early indication that that person's doing very well. Oh, okay. So sometimes you'll get to this point where the, the person keeps selecting these people, but you've like literally never seen them in the show. They're like, well, why does this person like this? Like, why does the bachelor like this person? Because, like, I've never even seen them talk, like, maybe, like, once. And so that's typically an indication that either that, it, but it's, you have to be careful, though, because it's either an indication that that person is really bad or, like, immemorable, so they're just going to leave anyway. Mm. Like, you're going to get kicked off. Or they're actually very good, and they're trying to avoid giving any spoilers for the later part of the show. There's a sweet spot in there. There's a sweet spot there. Um, and so, you know, kind of like your dark horse scenario, that's typically what I've hmm. seen happen. Hmm. And it's, it's the producers and how they edit the show. Got it. Uh, so it, it kind of becomes less of you're invested in actual people, but like it's this game of like guessing how they're constructing the, sh- the show. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And the, uh, the producers um, are very smart about this. So Typically, I know this isn't verified, but I, I'm pretty sure this is true. Out of like 30 people, 
they will pick maybe four people that they think are actually going to make it. Hmm. The, the producers when they like are looking at all the applications. By the way, if you want to apply to go on that show, you like sign your life away when you write that contract. It is crazy. I my friend thought about going on it and jokingly like looked at the contract oh. and wow like you give away like any right you have when you go on that show so be careful <laughs> um you know out of the ten thousand applicants they'll select 25 that are just mm. kind of funny have an interesting story or really quirky that are good for tv then there's like mm. four that are like the real people i see what you're saying so they're they're carefully picking the contestants so then Yes. Even that you could start of like seeing I this is a type of person that the producer would bring on to fill this slot. Yeah. Is that right? And then there's also been claims, and I think it's true, that they have plants. So then the producer might plan a person in the show huh. to act a certain way or do certain things to, you know, add to the narrative of the show or add to the mm. drama of the show. Mm. So uh some examples. Mm. Uh they brought these two guys on once in a bachelor at show and they had pre had previous knowledge of each other and they hated each other and so obviously there's a lot of drama that can come out of that and it was mm, great i see um they'll they'll find people who like the person had maybe like gone on a date with years ago mm. like what are you doing here uh you know it's all <laughs> great um they'll they'll pick people who are like really like really out there or like you know like a person who's like obsessed with chickens or something and then they'll show up in a chicken suit um, and things like that so like yeah they'll they'll, they'll kind of you know select these people for these things that have no chance of really getting selected mm. and so as i said patterns right so the, you know every single first episode there's always someone who shows up in a gimmicky like suit mm. and it's just like how they do it every single season um and you have then characters that the producers will will create not that they not that they tell the person to do a certain thing, hmm. but the producer will ink people on to do certain things. And that's something that I learned about later on after watching the show hmm. is like, you'll have people go do things that seem really out of character. Like, why would they go say that and do that? Well, really it's probably a producer sitting back here and being like, Oh, if that person really probably feels this. You should go, you should go talk to them, <laughs> you know, go and do all these things. So it's all about like thinking of, uh, not not watching the show because what's funny is now I don't even like associate the people on mm. the show with like real life. Mm, it's more mm. of like the backdrop of you know how are these right. producers like getting people to do certain things. Mm. Mm. I mean, some of it's real, sure, but it's it's definitely uh, more interesting from that aspect because then that makes the game more fun. Mm. And so on top of that, there's also characters that they as i said they'll try to build up so right. there's always a villain that the rest of the groups don't like there's always an anti-villain who um, for some reason has it out to against the villain hmm. and what will happen is eventually they'll get to a spot where um they uh go on a two-on-one date and then they both get kicked off <laughs> literally happens every single time so you know as soon as that person says like starts going against the villain you're like okay they're done mm. they're not making any farther um, there's also something that's very important <clears throat> is that the rose ceremony uh you know that he's like he or she is handing out the roses 
they say their name and then they come up and they give them a rose. The last one, it's always dramatic. Like, you know, it's like, there's like three people left. So two of those people are not only you. Mm. Um, and they, uh, the guy, you know, he or she holds the rose. So that last rose is actually, it's, it's so common that people even term it the producer's rose, where oh. it's, it's not the person that guy was, he or she was going to pick, but it's the one the producer wants to pick to add to either the drama or the narrative. So usually it's like the villain or the crazy person is like the last one to get picked. Mm. And then they get the producer rose because it keeps them in the show. <laughs> because you know for tv right if, if they just kicked off all the people who they didn't like it's not very interesting like who actually wants to watch people date you know on tv wow just not much interest so that makes so much more sense Anthony. wow <laughs> like because uh, yeah i admit i've watched one season of bachelor it was bachelor in like 2015 2016 uh with with jocelyn and uh yeah dude there was one girl she was crazy. Like, I mean, she spent like, she had a ton of screen time because of how like emotional and crazy she was. Um, but she just kept moving on. And I was like, there's no way a sane person would let this girl like be a possible like contestant, like to continue letting her go. So I was, uh, wow, that the conspiracy thickens. <laughs> oh, so, it's, it's pretty much like accepted in fact, like, <laughs> if you yeah, read up like if you talk with the people like oh yeah the, it's the producers rose and like everyone just says that mm, mm. oh um, okay what the people that i was watching it with they they didn't know about it it seemed like maybe i think they were like fully bought into the show being real <laughs> oh i mean yeah it i mean I, as i said there's some real aspects but most of it is it's how they edit the, the show mm. the producers are going to build their narrative and it's also people that they're showing it more now like when i first started watching they didn't show the producer at all mm-hmm. but now more recently they're showing sometimes they'll show little clips of the bachelor like talking to the producer being like hmm. oh man i don't know what to do wow. and uh oh this is really stressful and the producer's mm. like you know the producer's there to like talk them up to like do things mm. um or to like help them through the process mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now anthony walk me through you you've described this once in the past walk me through as a group it sounds like what one of the reasons why you love this is because amongst your friend group, I think you did in college, it's this thing where the four or five of you or whatever all sit down on a couch and it's like this collective experience of like, like watching a sports game. Like you're calling things out. You're trying to keep track of score. Like, can you kind of try to describe what that's like? Yeah. Obviously I would never watch the show (laughs) by myself. Uh, That would be miserable. Um, the it's fun because it's a game and it's fun because uh you know i like in reality tv the trash food like you know it's not healthy for you but it it tastes great and um it's it's like you know it's you know going i equate it to like going to you know a sports bar and and eating you know like wings and stuff like it's, it's good it's fun right and you know, more people are more, some people are more involved in the actual game mm. where some people are more involved in the experience of the game mm. like experiencing the game itself. Um, so I, I'm more in the aspect of experiencing, uh, you know, like seeing someone do something like, Oh, no, look at that. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Right. Uh, like seeing people do crazy stuff. And, um, 
you told you know, me that you we, we like we make a lot of jokes and stuff about what people say but yeah it's a fun thing but you you told me that like do you have a whiteboard out when you're watching it uh, do i remember that right or no yeah well yeah to keep track you know you have to like when people do things you have to mark it mm. so you have to write people who you're playing with and keep score because i think uh, you know at least when i heard it maybe others maybe listening it's like fantasy online is this highly uh and i've never admittedly besides march madness but it's as highly you you pick your players all of the math is done behind the scenes and you but you kind of know what how it's done but it's like you don't have to do any of it yourself and like you said it sounds like there's some leagues that are automated or something but then you wanted to bring it to the next level and so in a sense you know you're kind of doing all the calculations just by yourself as part of the game to do together right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah we have someone who will you know like you know has to know all the rules and then count up things as as we go along mm. and that makes it more interesting because then it's there's other things you can optimize for mm. it's not just selecting the people who are going to win so for right. instance you know like you'll typically have these like out crazy out there people who are very like get a lot of screen time say a lot of things so you can choose them because they'll probably score you a lot of points but they might get kicked off and so you, you ride them as long as you got until you think they're going to get kicked off and then you drop them. I see. So you maximize your, your points. And then it, it, you're, you're trying to figure out because people who go on dates obviously score a lot of points because they do more things together. Right. So you're trying to guess, okay, so he hasn't taken this person on a date. So there's maybe some previous scene that they like talked. Hmm. And so you're like, okay, well, you know, these people haven't, been picked so i think he's probably going to pick this one person and things like that mm. and that typically is how you can uh, maximize your points um i will say though what's funny is sometimes people have picked random things and have made score more points so mm. i don't know how much but that actually helps but well that's my next question fun. i gotta know you know in your friend group did you win you know did you like is is there a skill to this like you mentioned the patterns you know a lot of people yeah. take big pride in sports of course to be able to recognize those patterns and to you know be the top of their friend group was yeah. there like consistent winners and losers or how did it how did it fare out well i've i've won four out of six <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> but i some of it i don't think is necessarily all skill i think some of it's luck well four out of six how many of your friend friend group uh how many people have played uh probably like seven seven or eight people <laughs> that's a good track record bro yeah it, it seems to work out every time uh, <laughs> but you know funny enough this last one we did uh a person won who um well they didn't win they got second place but they just chose random people the whole mm -hmm. game and so uh we have to maybe rethink all of our rules to make it a little better but <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it seems like there is some strategy involved. Um, now, were you involved in making the rules? Because then I'd ask if no, you made so, the rules. <laughs> so you there, was, there was previously a list um, that my friend found online, but we, we kept modifying it. So we kept mm. adding new things. That's cool. Adjusting the amount of points. Uh, and then we get into there's some special episodes where you have special rules hmm. um, and uh, yeah, we have to keep modifying it. Cause for instance, like if, you know, if you have everyone pick the same person, then hmm. it's equivalent to like not even 
giving points for that because everyone has it. Right. So then we have to figure out like, okay, if everyone's just going to pick this person, then you have to choose someone else. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. Just like in, I don't know, like in the fantasy draft, there's a draft, like, you know, I pick a, then you can pick a, you know, B and you know, yeah. So, and, and, towards you know in the beginning there's a lot more randomness with the amount of people Mm. towards the end obviously you have like four people Mm. and so you have to lock in a person as you Mm. you near the end but then eventually everyone will typically have the same people to score with so it gets less dynamic at the end Mm. um but yeah dude i love it i when you first shared that with me it was such like a charming like uh Thing that a friend group would do together and and you you've said it it's not about the show it's it, it could have been any show but it's just a show that you guys picked to create an awesome game about so <laughs> i don't know i, I love i love hearing because when you talk about it like uh you know you were super close friends with that group and uh, if it's the same group you've talked about you know you're still great friends with them and so much of it was just how much you enjoyed the experience with them and so um yeah 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 we, we've moved to different areas and we actually uh we set up a system so that we can all watch it together and uh do it over video chat so maybe we're you could say we were ahead of the coronavirus uh, <laughs> ahead of the curve there so well dude i love it uh thanks for sharing man well uh that's it for our fourth episode of grape nuts uh anthony we really appreciate you coming on and uh for making us wiser and uh, giving us your take on uh, all these awesome things. Um, Grant, any last thoughts? No, man. Thanks. uh, Thanks for coming, dude. Pleasure to be here.